So this is your last week of filming. You just we were talking right before we hit record. This is your last week. Like you have yeah. days left, minutes left. How much? How much yeah. is left? Days left. I think the pack out starts on July third. Oh wow! And then July fourth, I'm having the the go kart gathering. So I'm going to dip away and make sure they don't. I'm going to stick around and make sure they don't take any of my stuff. And then dip away and go hang out with everybody at the racetrack. Who's local is going to come say hi on July fourth. And bring a can bring go kart if you have one, but yeah, they're gonna start pack out. And then after the weekend, going I think up until July tenth, they're coming to take the the CNC machine. Uh, it was only a, a lender. The uh, the big shop bot's going. I think on the eighth or the ninth. Yeah, I'm gonna get uh, my life back. to <laughs> be back to normal. Do you think that's gonna be kind of weird at this point? Yeah, I was gonna say there'll be a big vacuum yeah. of like nothing to do. But, I mean, I obviously have a lot to do. Huh. I've been working almost every week in between. You know, I've been making videos each week. and You got trailers to finish up. I, I got to finish that trailer. They moved the deadline to October, so I feel like I have all the time mm. in the world again. And I'll probably start working on it the middle of September. <laughs> <laughs> if I know me. No, I, I have some time. I'm going to have plenty of time now because besides just uh, occasional videos, and I think I, sh- I should have started this sooner, but I had so many obligations going into the shoot. That's why I had to make videos, but I think I'm going to spread my video churn out a little bit. I'm going to spread it out a little bit. So I'm going to relax that w- one weekly thing, which only really, I really never really had a weekly thing until COVID came. So I got into this little bit of a, Oh, I need to put a video out once a week. And then all of a sudden, going into the show, I had all these obligations where I did have to actually put a video out every week because I made a schedule with people. And, you know, the busiest time of my life is when I had to, like, double time. And uh, But it's all working out. It's all working out. I'm doing a tips video for Saturday or Sunday. And I shot a lot of the tips last night. Tips videos are always easy, but the only thing difficult this time is I... Dave Welder or Brett were, were always my cameraman. This is like the only video where I really need someone to hold the camera for me. And uh, I just, uh, there's been nobody around when it's time for me to work. So I just, I've been just doing a tripod and I'll do voiceover for this video. But other than that, you know, everything's coming together. The show is a lot of fun. We're coming to the end of it, it's a little melancholy. Everyone's like, it's the end of summer yeah. camp. <laughs> and uh, I think everybody's had a really good time. Most people are either from Texas or L.A. on this show, and they're they're all so impressed with the upstate New York geo- geology and geography and weather, and they're really like, wow. And I said, hey, guys, come move to upstate New York. Let's make Hollywood Hills in the Catskills. <laughs> Hollywood Catskill Hills. And, uh, <laughs> and so a couple of people, I don't know if anybody's going to move here, but a couple of people are like, wow, this is a really beautiful area. And then, uh, you know, everyone's kind of hoping the show came out, or at least it's coming out really well. Some of the edits that we've been allowed to look at, no one, no one emails anything because they don't trust any of us. And so the exec will meet us and go like, "Hey, I want to show you something." And like one by one, he'll come around to us and show us like snippets of the show, which have been really funny on his phone. He would absolutely won't let us have it on our own possession because he just knows we're all idiots. <laughs> Until the time is right, and it's it's That's the great. show is funny. There's no doubt it's very funny. You know, it's a little in certain instances it's a little overacted, and it's a little you know contrived. Of course, it's actually very contrived, but it's not it's not set in a real world. It's set in this like fantasy land where we make stuff for people who want whatever they want with no deadlines, no budgets. It's just it's like a fantasy silly mm-hmm. silliness. It's like a fantasy, fantasy, fantasy of silliness. Is there a timeline? Uh, not on the show, no. No, we just make... We don't even say days or anything. We just go... Like, every episode is supposed to be like this fantasy of like, oh, this five days is one beginning and, and end in one day. Like, they started shooting these scenes of us leaving in the dark when it's dark outside. So when I leave, I could like have the build sitting there that we just made and like flip the lights out. So this is one. So it, every time we go... This took me two days. Either. Like I can't say days. It's not huh. part of the. It's not part of our environment. We don't have days here. We just have what you see, and so we have to stop using the word. Oh, this took two days. Or this took five hours. It's. But I said it's, it's it's all contrived, but it's contrived in a way that's fun. It's not contrived in a way that like you know we're, we're having phony fights yeah. and 
silly deadlines and oh the powder coating it's not back for powder coating in time you know this stupid yeah, there's stuff there's no like manufactured like drama that. around people or no, That's good. no it's, it's just manufactured comedy oh. really <laughs> But it's but it has been fun. I mean, we're all obviously real personalities, and you know, our real personalities shine through ninety nine percent of the time. And it's it's been a lot of fun. And the builds we do are real, obviously real. And we have a B team that really does a build team that really does like the final stuff. So you'll see like Act Two will end, and you'll see like the build is like almost. You might look at it and go, "Wow, it's done," and that's pretty much all of us. And then when it does the final the final act of the episode, and you get to see us play with it outside, and usually you'll be like, whoa. And that's either like the painting details or like the decoration details, and it's done by the B team. So it's been pretty good. But for the most part, we're all... I just showed you guys a tremendous yeah. build that we've been... It's, it's Every day it's been so hot. The air conditioner does nothing, and then you have to turn the air conditioner off. we got a big, giant... like tent air conditioner it's like a big giant it's like the size of a car that's on rental and it really works great when you're standing right in front of the two huge blower holes <laughs> so between every take everyone like walks over like cows and we all stand in front of the big blower cool is there any timeline for like when people will get to see it I mean, have they even started talking about that yet? Uh, they're, they're thinking January. They're thinking January. But the edits are going really quick. I mean, if they look at it and they love it, everyone keeps saying it's... I was just about to say the name of the network. I'll get in trouble. It's Everyone says it's this special streaming network that has no rules. So, Whereas, like, on NBC, there's certain things. Like, we know we're not going to get... You know, we won't know about a pickup unless we get all these ratings in and all this other stuff. And then the schedule will be, like, every 18 months or 12 months. But with this, they, they basically said if the show looks really good and they're really happy with it and, you know, it's exactly what they want to see or they're really, everyone's getting a vibe, they'll put it up sooner. And because it's, it's them, it's, it's their distribution, it's there, they can do whatever they want. And so everyone's like, there are certain rules, but these, this particular network will break whatever they want to rule, break whatever rules they want. Like they might even, like they might look at what we made and say, okay, we want to start making episodes again before we start airing it. Wow. You know. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But it'll be nice to get a break for sure. You know, um, as much as I love my fellow castmates, I'm sure everybody wants to, you know, have some alone time. Oh, yeah. And be home. At least you're home. But none of those guys are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're all staying in local condominiums. So, yeah, they definitely all want to go home. But, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty good experience, especially for everybody else who's never been on TV. They had a really good first TV experience. They have an enjoyable time. Do you have... There have been a few of us that have been like, why do we do this? And then, like, now that it's in retrospect, like, okay, this is okay. I'm glad I did it. Um, Do you have any plans for, like, the rest of the summer into the fall to force yourself to relax? Because you have been going so hard for so long now. I mean, like, it's been since April? You've been shooting since April. We started, yeah, we started in April, but like I had to do pre-production and get the house. Yeah, and built. even before that, you were still packed with all sorts of stuff. Do you have any planned yeah. trips or relaxation or anything? Well, actually, um, yeah, the guys at Oregon Trailers. You guys know mm-hmm. Oregon Trailers? It's a good company to look up if you don't. They're on Instagram. Oregon Trailers out of Eugene. They make these beautiful. Uh, uh, I never Teared know what up. they're called. The little trailer you pull down. Teardrop, that's it. I always want to call it something else. Teardrop trailers. They make these really cool teardrop trailers. And they built one for us about two years ago. And with the hopes of me driving out there and picking it up and making a big to-do. And I finally just said, here, you know, here's the here's the pay. I pay for it. And I, they gave me a considerable discount because I'm going to promote it for them. But I certainly paid for it. And they're going to, uh, I'm gonna, they're shipping it to me. So we'll get that in probably mid-July. And then me and Taylor are going to do either a long road trip or an immediate mm. short road trip. The good thing is it just hooks up to the Jeep and we just nice. go camping here and there with the dogs. And so we're going to we're going to be doing that. We're really looking forward to doing that. We were actually looking at like a little pull behind camper before COVID and um, house things happen. COVID happened. And then the, the price of all campers like went up crazily during COVID because everybody wanted a camper. So it's still... It's still all in the plans to do something in the future, but we like the idea of like 
just hooking it up to the truck and then just leaving, taking the dogs and just going somewhere and not having to worry about hotels and stuff. So we're going to do that. We're going to do that either a long, we're going to do either a long trip in, in August or a couple of short ones. We're trying to figure it out because things keep popping up. Like they said, once they're done sh- with the edit, they want to maybe come back and shoot for two more weeks to get oh. things that they didn't, that they might need. That means everybody comes back for two weeks, which is crazy. So I don't know. They said the end of August. They said, no, let's make it into September. When was the last mm-hmm. time you uh, went on a vacation that had nothing to do with filming or work or projects? It's been a few years. Actually, if I ask Taylor, she'll tell you exactly <laughs> when. But I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> she'll tell you the exact date, time, and how long ago it was. And exactly what we did and how many times I texted. <laughs> well. Non-vacation related that stuff. sounds like it might be time for a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going on vacation this month. Actually, later in the month, we're going to miss some shows uh, so that we can probably all travel and stuff. But I know I'll be gone for a little bit. And it's both cool and weird to think about going on a vacation because it has been a long time for us as well. You know, we my wife's family is in Florida, so we often go down there, and that's where we're headed this summer as well. But it's just weird because it's been so long since we've gotten to really take a trip of any length. So we're we're going. And as much as, like, personally, I'm not a beach person, you know, I'm just not, it's not my thing. My wife grew up on the beach, so we're going to the beach, and I'm going to make myself enjoy it just because <laughs> it has been so long since I've not works it's funny you guys both say i'm going to the beach my my brother and my sister both had children the same age so they would always vacation together for years for like the last 10 years my sister and my brother would always like rent a house together with their families and my mom would always be there so they said to me and taylor like why don't you guys come we're going to rent so they rented a much bigger house and on the jersey shore from the 10th to the 17th so i cannot bring my dogs which makes things a little difficult so I'm not sure, but either me and Taylor or me are going to go down there and visit just for a couple of days. And it's definitely, it's a house at the beach and da 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 I hate the beach, but I'll go and see all my family at one spot. <laughs> I'll go and do that. So I might go do that for just like one or two days because I do have another video obligation, which I have to shoot. Well, it has to be turned in right around that same time. So I'm going to try and intermingle it. I might just peel away for a couple of days and just go see everybody. Cool. David, do you have any travel this summer? Are you no, planning to get away? Absolutely nothing planned. Um, I'm ready to start doing things again, but yeah, there's there's nothing planned. It's um, it's really hard right now for Kelly and I to go anywhere because the one dog, Weens, he's so old. Um, mm-hmm. he, 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 we have a sitter that he loves going to, but she has a handful of dogs and all that energy is just not good for him i mean he's he's really old so um yeah the the dog is making it tough yeah so i before covid i had plans to go to portland um and do make a film there and a couple other places um and i i should start thinking about that again i really i need to get out of Mm -hmm. the routine and and what I'm doing and break it up and do different things. So it's something I want to start thinking about again. Yeah. I think there's, I need to think about work related trips as well. I mean, on top of vacation separately. Right. But yeah, I haven't even really started reconsidering the, the collaborations that were in motion before, I guess those probably need to be picked back up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And man, I haven't seen you guys in, is it two years now? And we used to see each other a couple times every year. I guess so. Yeah. Maker Fair was the last time we all were together, right? Was that Maker Fair 2019 in May? I guess it was. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Man, two, two years. I know. It's wild. I know. Huh. And that goes it does. Yeah, it really does. Huh. Well, we'll make that happen. Hopefully there will be Maker Fairs again. That would be nice. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready yeah, for I it. I really like that. Yeah. I think one thing, uh, you know, going to Maker Fair every year, the one in California at least, every year is almost too much. Like that's a that's a significant trip for us <laughs> East Coast people to go over there and, uh, you know, just kind of plan that kind of a trip and make it worthwhile. You got can't stay more than a, for just a weekend. You got to stay a little bit longer. So every year and a half, two years, 
would be a really I would give you just enough like, man, I could really go for a Maker Fair right now feeling, you know. <laughs> yep, for sure. So we're about at that point. Because yeah. you lose two days yeah. on something like that. A whole day of traveling oh, there yeah. and a day of traveling back. And you get anxious when you're not making something. So, Yep. It's got to be worthwhile. Um, what have you been up to, David? What have you been working on? We're filming, filming TV shows and stuff. No, no, no TV shows for me. Uh, we're filming a little. Where are they now? So it's kind of like a house tour of all my past projects and how they're holding up. What has held up? What held up well? Um, there's some projects in there that uh, I made before. I I would shoot videos and they're kind of crappy. And we talk about what I need to make still. And so it's the idea of kind of like a. Um, I'm still kind of working on the theme of it, but like what it's like, how a house tour of a woodworker. So, hmm. you know, when you make all your own furniture. So for 10 years, I've just been making things nonstop. So that's what we're working on right now. And then I think the next project video is this, it's a drink holder. We have, we have like this lounge chair in, uh, in the living room. And there's nowhere to set a drink on, and I just want it's a f- little floor standing, turned on the lathe, place to set your drink. It has it's it's it, it's a thing that does one thing only, and it is hold a glass. So I haven't used the lathe much, and I like using the lathe. So I need to. It's 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 one of those things of like I got to get out of the routine of doing making these types of things and try doing other stuff to keep it interesting and fun for myself. Cool. And I've been shooting a lot of film lately. Like I, I've slowly started to get into film photography and then Destin put out that video and I'm like, Oh man, yes, this is why I love it. He, he put into words how I feel about photography that I've never actually said, but he, he was able to communicate like, yes, that's exactly how I feel or how I felt when I used to do this all the time. So I've been really diving into that. I haven't made any videos of it. I will. I've got some ideas. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been. It, it's it's one of those things. It's like the go-karting thing. I like, I'm doing this for myself. I need to start creating things for myself and, and not film every single little thing. And uh, it just gives me a... I, li- I like the energy and the feeling that I get when I'm making something that's just for me. Yeah, it is a totally different thing. It's a different kind of different kind of pressure. I think there's still a little pressure to it, mm-hmm. making your stuff for yourself. And there's guilt. There's like also it. guilt involved. Yeah, because I'm like, oh yeah, I'm Isn't not that weird. Yeah, I, it shouldn't be that way, but yeah. Huh. Crazy. Well, uh, let's see. For me, oh, speaking of the lathe, you're working on the lathe. I've been working on the lathe, and I, I did a couple of pieces, and then went back to do some more yesterday and I chucked this piece up, this piece of wood up and turned it on kind of low speed. And I saw this wobble and I'm like, Oh, well my piece isn't in there, you know, all the way or whatever square straight, whatever you call it in that situation. So I took the piece of wood out to recenter it, to get it in there. And then I turned it back on and the chuck was like wobbling a little bit. I'm like, Oh no. And this lathe has not been used that much. I mean, I've used it, but not. it's not like I turn every month, you know. I mean, I turn something every six months. And so I started kind of diving into, okay, well, maybe the chuck is not seated correctly. And so I took that off and cleaned the threads on the inside and put it back on. Nope, still there. Okay, try the faceplate. Faceplate does the same thing. So it's not the item, it's in the spindle and then I'm like okay well I gotta take this part off and retighten that and seat that and do this and I'm just going through piece by piece working <clears> inward <throat> and I think I found that it's a bearing in the casting there's a one bearing that's like forced into the casting that holds the spindle and I think that this is a wood lathe yeah and uh, so it's this big stupid bearing right here uh, just doesn't it turns but it doesn't spin like, you know, hmm. if you, it just doesn't move. And so it doesn't feel like it's uneven or something is grinding on the inside. So I'm not sure why a tough 
bearing would cause it to wobble. So you can, uh, with Jimmy's ice pick, you can pry off the sides and you can get in there. I don't know if you've attempted this yet. No, I haven't. So, um, the dust shield, you might have yeah, a broken ball. Yeah. So or something. in the, in the go-kart world, um, we are taking apart the bearings every so many races and then repacking them with grease. And mm-hmm. yeah, you can just get an ice pick in there, pop off that side and you can see what's going on. Maybe, maybe some dust or dirt got in there and it's causing the little balls to not, to not move correctly, but it could be a super quick, easy fix. Hmm. Okay. Well, that'll be the next thing. I got that out yesterday. Um, and as far as I can tell, this is the only thing, the only object in that system that has any issue. And it's not even, you know, it doesn't feel like it's the right issue. <laughs> it just yeah. feels like it has an issue. So it was really frustrating, though, because yesterday, rather than shooting something, I was like, I'm going to, I made uh, a pendant light for a video for a kitchen. And so rather than shooting, I'm like, well, today I'm just going to dig in. I'm going to make two more of these and try to just replicate the process so we can have three pendant lights and immediately saw this wobble. And then, so I didn't get anything done. I spent the entire day taking the thing apart. And it's frustrating too, because when I was making the first pendant light, I was right at my 12 inch maximum for the lathe. And as I'm, I mean, I, it worked, but just barely. And as I'm doing that, I'm thinking, man, I should like, one of these days I should get a little bit bigger lathe. I don't need a huge one, but <laughs> something a little bit bigger so I could comfortably do a 12 inch or 13 inch thing, or make a plate or something. And then it started wobbling and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm getting a new lathe. <laughs> and I had to stop myself. Yeah, yeah. And be like, no, I'm not going to just go buy another tool. I'm going to try to figure out exactly what the problem is here. And so I don't know if this is actually going to fix it or not by fixing this bearing or replacing this bearing, but it was kind of a, it was just a frustrating day to, to, you know, lose the day on trying to track down what the problem is in a tiny, tiny little area. It's not like a car where you're digging around this big object looking for the problem. It's like, it's within this six inches. It's somewhere right here. Just not really sure what it is. So you should, uh, one of the first things you should do is throw an indicator on there from Mm -hmm. your machine stuff and see that the spindle is actually turning concentrically. You know, it could be, if it's only, if it's out, you know, I don't know, 30, 40, 50,000 or 100,000, that's a, that's a lot for something that's going to spin fast. That's where you'll get that wobble. So, you know, if you, when you put it back together and you could put an indicator on the spindle or the thread, you know, put, put something on the thread like, like a chuck and then see the indicator rest on the chuck and rotate it and see that you have a steady needle. You'll see where, how far right. it's out. Yeah, I thought about that as I was um, trying to track it down. And then I just, you know, the part of me that just wants to take it apart and find the problem got the better of me. I just started taking things apart. <laughs> I, I, I was just going to say, I do that every once in a while. Like, I will get ready to do one thing, and then I get distracted by another thing, and then I am totally into that. Or, like, uh, I need to clean up before shooting this video, but then I get... I, not only do I clean up, but I have to organize this drawer and I oh, have yeah. to get rid of it. And, that, and that's, that's the entire day. I don't know why I do that, yep. but I'm looking for distractions. I'm looking for a reason to not do the thing. I do the same thing. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's that I'm like subconsciously looking for a distraction, like I'm trying to avoid the work, or if I just everything I look at becomes the most important thing at the moment. Right. Like, oh, this is the thing that has to be done. You know, it's getting started is still the hardest part of any project. Yeah. I think that's episode one of this podcast. Yeah, I think it is. So anyway, that's, I was going to say Go that ahead. we have uh, this big giant lathe that, that Jackman mostly and, and Pat Lapp have been turning things on this big lathe I got on Facebook marketplace and it's been hot. And the motor gets super hot, especially the things that these guys have been turning have been so overweight and in many cases very out of center until you really remove a tremendous amount of material. We put a log on there the other day. And if you go back and look in Pat Lapp's Instagram, you'll see him sitting on a log. The log probably weighed seven, 800 pounds. And we chucked it up carefully and we chucked it up with a, with a crane, a engine crane, like an engine hoist from Harbor Freight. We got it chucked up. And it wouldn't turn because it was outside the 20-inch clearance on our thing. So with chisels and 
powered carvers and stuff. We were able to get the bumps off it. Those guys did most of the work. And we were able to get it to turn. And then once we got it to turn, like we, we put it in first gear or speed one, and it would start going, and then all of a sudden, like everyone dives at the switch because the thing's going to walk across the room. I was going to ask if it was bolted to the and floor. Then we, no, no, no. Actually, Pat said it, he, he read somewhere that it would be, it's better that oh. it's not bolted to the floor. Otherwise, it puts a lot of stress on okay. the rest of the lathe. If it walks, it gives it the relief, and all the joints and the bearings and stuff aren't really taking huh. a hard hit. But this lathe I have is so old and so heavy and so durable. I mean, it, that being said, it seems like the motor is is really starting to turn down. Like it's really starting to become tired from all the heavy things we've been putting on it. And I keep saying, thing's 75 years old. It still turns. It'll be fine. You can only imagine the life it led before it came here. You know, the four or five things that we put on it that were kind of out of whack and out of, out of weight. I can't imagine that it hasn't had that several times in its life. And the machine itself, only two speeds work. I've talked a lot about this. I got the machine last summer. And uh, the, so the whole head needs to be redone. It's, it keeps popping the thermo uh, breaker. When it gets too hot, it pops. And obviously with the heat of, of the weather itself and then with the heat that the lathe is producing because the motor is working extra hard to turn this big heavy thing. We got it concentric. And then by the time we got it concentric, which means it turns easily without any extra work the lathe head is really tired and it just keeps tripping the breakers and so uh yesterday pat was like we're not going to be able to finish this project i don't know what to do and we looked around and i had a recycled motor laying around from an earlier project before it went in storage i took this motor from mcmaster car off and i'm like this is just going to sit in storage let's just keep it here in case we need it for something just a big plug-in one horsepower motor it's actually not big but it's a powerful motor and yesterday with a link belt, a couple pieces of two by eight, some clamps, we clamped the motor to the face plate with the link belt, which is a belt you could quickly adjust to any length, and turned it on. Crazy. And it oh, works. Wow. So we're using the lathe with a little external motor that turns the the link belt to the face plate. And Pat was able to do the whole project, which we can't say what it is exactly, but Pat was able to get the project basically wow. done. And and, and if you look in his Instagram, he, he posted pictures, how I saved the day, which was nice of him to say. But it, I mean, it was just improvisation when you know, things got to get done. Now, does something like that make it onto and, the show? Is that is that part of the story? Well, that was it's funny. It's funny you should say that because we had a long text chain. We have a long text chain that's been going, me and the cast and the two producers. We've had that text chain going since April. And last night in the text chain, somebody, I don't, I don't remember who said, did we talk about that? Did we film it? Because Pat sent a picture and said, don't forget, guys, Jimmy saved the day by by doing this. And then Mike, one of the producers, goes, did we ever film that? Did we get a story beat on that? And so today they might they might do a little thing. Whether they use it or not, ultimately, I don't know. But we, we definitely did not discuss it, but today they might. So, so yeah, so the lathe now is just a big, giant, uh, spinny, spinny holding thing. <laughs> Isn't that what a, a lathe is? <laughs> But I'm saying the mo it's not it's not under its own power right. at the moment. We could turn it on. Once once that now the log is probably weighs about four hundred pounds or maybe five hundred pounds. Once that piece of five hundred pound material is off, I'm sure I could spin a little stool leg like I did last summer. It's that yeah. same long lathe. It's just it's it's we've been asking it to turn so many big heavy things that like it's just like I'm done. And then like I said, once it cools off a little bit in general, I think the uh the lathe itself will will start to behave that being said i've talked about this before i do need to get the whole thing rewound it's this complicated 1940s lathe with this complicated winding and only two of the speeds work so i need to get the whole entire head redone and i've gotten several leads on how to have it fixed but now in between once the show goes dark we're gonna i'm gonna really try and get it fixed because pat really enjoys using that lathe and it's become such a character in the episodes so cool yeah, right on. Um, the only other thing I've been working on, I was going to mention, is the Carmen Ghia. I um, the gas tank was not in the car when I got it. I mean, it's it was in there, it just wasn't hooked up, and so the car was running out of a plastic bottle. I don't know if you guys saw that. I in the did, video, but that was that was cute. Um, yeah, it's scary. It's <laughs> weird. Um, so my first goal is to has been to get the gas tank like prepped and installed. And did you get a new one? No, I decided to because a new gas tank is like 160 bucks. It's not that much, and so I decided 
Before I do that, though, I want to give it a shot to see if I can seal, reseal the existing tank. Because it's just old, but it seemed fine. It wasn't rusted out or anything. So I went through the process of cleaning and converting all the rust on the inside of it. And then this epoxy silver sealing stuff that you pour in and slosh around. Hmm. And so far, it's I, mean, I haven't put it in yet, but the coating has cured now. And there was a pinhole in the tank. The pinhole, I think, is sealed from that epoxy stuff. And so it's pretty cool. Like if you buy a tool from, uh, you know, any any metalworking tool and it has that or a, a muffler, like the muffler I got for the Carmen Gate had this on it too. It's this coating that's like a, a fleck, silver fleck, epoxy paint type thing. You know that coating that I'm talking about? Like you've seen it? Mm-hmm. That's what this stuff is. And it just you mix up a two-part thing, you pour it inside the tank, and you slosh it around and make sure you get all the surface covered. So then when you look on the inside of this nasty old black crusty tank, on the inside it's like perfectly silver and smooth. Hmm. Not smooth, smooth, but smoother than it was. So it was a really cool, simple process to do. Uh, But now I'm at a point where today I'm going to actually put it in the car, hook up all the lines, and see if I can get the engine to draw from it, which was pretty cool because that that pushes the car. Did you change the, the line? Did you change the gas Not yet. Line? Uh, the lines are already run front to back because the tank is in the is in the front. Um, I'm going to try to use what's there because the only reason I'm putting this back in is to get the car to the farm. Like my plan is to just get it drivable. I was going to try to get it tagged, and I think now instead of even doing that, I'm just going to try to get it to the barn so that I can pull it into the barn and start taking it apart. So I don't really want to replace anything that's going to immediately come If out. you have the opportunity to uh, remount the lines with like a little thin cable or something, I, I suggest oh. you do it. Because I'll tell you my experience. My car, my green pickup truck, which always runs horribly. Sometimes it runs perfect for a month and then it just runs horrible. But one day my buddy Patrick showed up with his cousin Vinny. No joke, it's really his name. And he says, <laughs> my cousin Vinny, Pat was doing the electric. He said, my cousin Vinny's really good at engines. Do you need him to fix anything? I was like, well, that green truck over there runs sporadically good sporadically bad and right away he goes it can only be fuel or air and so he checked the air cleaners the air cleaners new da, 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 da. and in a matter of about 30 minutes he had all the gas lines out of the car like we gave him a little box as an expert he had a couple a couple tools laid under the car on, on a piece of cardboard comes back out and he has all the gas lines like they were in like three parts and he goes, you got anything thin? And he reamed them all out with a uh, with like various like bailing wire that kind of was flexible hmm. and kind of go all the way through and pull back out. And all this dirt and dust came out of the gas lines. And because the truck is a 1969, and ever since then it's it's run sporadically okay, but for other reasons it's not running great. I can't figure out why. It has to do more with the timing hmm. and stuff. But. Uh, it's because since he did that, I changed spark plugs and adjusted the time, and I did a horrible job. And uh, but that particular day, he's like, "See, this is you know." So all the lines basically had uh, carotid uh, carotid arteries, corroded <laughs> arteries, but you could say we call it plaque plaque yeah. in the arteries. Huh. Okay. Well, that that so, would be easy enough. Yeah. Right now, they're you know the lines are imp- or open at both ends. So I, at yeah, the very least, so. I could put in some like degreaser or something down in there and just kind yeah, of and then them. blow it out so. and. And put put a rag at one end. If you do blow it out with air, you can at least see what comes yeah, out. That's oh, a good yeah. idea. Like flakes of rust, you know, flakes of rust and stuff, and and obviously constricts the flow. And then if any of those little bits get into the carburetor, it just makes things complicated. Yeah. Speaking of timing, this is another cool thing that I again, this is from the perspective of somebody who knows nothing about cars. I'm learning all this stuff for the first time. Somebody mentioned, I think it might have been uh, Will Will White um, said something about the timing was really off for when he heard the gear running in the video. He was like, oh yeah, the timing needs to be adjusted. So I looked into that and I always assumed that adjusting the timing, and I think on a more complicated car, it would be more complicated, but I always assumed it was really complicated. On a Carmagia or a Volkswagen old air-cooled engine, super simple, like ridiculously simple. There's a little notch on the pulley that is top dead center, and you take an indicator and you ground it to the block, you clip it on this other little clip, And then you put the key in the ignition and turn it just enough to, you know, to where the electronics are on. And then you just spin this wheel or like this one little bolt head. You spin it until the light comes on. Then you're done. (laughs) Like two seconds. And I always assumed that that was a really big ordeal. And I think for other engines, it is a bigger ordeal. But it was incredibly simple. And I 
you know, two or three minutes. Actually, it took me longer to watch the video on YouTube of how to do it than it did to actually do it. <laughs> I say all the time, it's only hard because yeah. you don't know yeah. it yet. It's only hard. It's only hard because you don't know how to do it yet. And that little mystery of information is filled with frustration, fear, and upset. Yeah. And that little bit of I didn't read the instructions yet, or I didn't, I haven't been taught it yet. It's just all. That's where all the anxiety lies in that not knowing, then knowing. Yeah. That's absolutely. that's the little bridge of fear. Yep. And so I'm hoping that there will be a lot more things like that with this car, where it's like, it seems like a big deal. And then once I actually do that little bit of learning, then it's not a big deal. And I think even with the Land Cruiser, you know, I was talking last week about all those things that I replaced. I think now looking at those same problems, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It's it's work, but it's not hard. It's not confusing. It's just manual labor to unscrew a bunch of bolts in the right order and then put them back in the right order, you know. So, but it was really gratifying to <clears throat> just take one little task and just get it done. And it immediately idles a little bit better, not a whole lot better, but a little bit better. Um, and I still have, you know, tons of, I still haven't rebuilt the carbs. I still don't have the gas tank. So it's not like it's running great or anything. It has many, many problems. It's funny though, and irritating, but a friend of mine sent me a, a link to a Carmen Ghia also in Louisville, where I got mine, for $100 more than what I paid for mine. That's a, in about 80 or 90% better shape than mine. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> that, that is just happens. not fair. <laughs> that always happens, especially in public and social media when you show, like, you get this cool deal I got. And they're like, guys, like, well, I got one sitting in the farm field. You could have it if you can come <laughs> yeah. get it. You could have it for free. I'm like, oh. I mean, this one was like, I don't know if it had been redone, but it was not rusted out. It was in pretty good shape, interior and exterior, but a lot of the interior, the things, not not necessarily the interior material, but the things inside of it were not original. So, you know, all the... Uh, well, this car this car's been put in your life to teach you a few lessons. Oh, yeah. So I, look at well, it. it was funny because seeing that, I was like, oh, I could have waited a little bit and gotten one that I didn't have to work on. And I'm like, would I really have wanted that? Because I think with me, I've learned... What fun is that? Yeah, that the thing is not the object. That didn't make any sense. It totally makes sense, though. That's a better way to put it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The thing itself is not the objective. The thing, the the process of getting the thing where you want it is the objective. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Anyway. I'm I'm excited about the amount of work that I have. It's funny. I I was talking to uh, Darren, uh, Musty Musty One Engine Repair channel. It's a great channel, if you guys know it. And Darren is is Musty, and I talked to him the other day because I was seeing if he was going to come to the go-kart event on, on the 4th. And he's not going to make it. He's got a family thing. But he, he, we were talking, and I might be getting my hands on this old car. I don't want to talk about it till it actually comes because the deal is kind of slowly. It better fading. not be a Carmen Ghia because if you get one restored before I do, we're going to have words, <laughs> and that'll be it. I mean, I'm not going to back it up with anything, but it will have words. I, I could put the Carmen Ghia in the back. Of oh, this okay. One, that <laughs> um, so if. I, so I was texting with 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 uh, him and Musty calls me. He's like, "Can I call you?" I'm like, "Yeah, what's up?" So he goes, "Like, dude, he goes, is that car? Does that car have a good engine in it?" I go, "Yeah, I go, it's it's perfect, 1957." I go, "It's got the perfect motor and everything. Car has got 25,000 miles on it." For me, he goes, "Oh," because I was hoping that the engine wasn't good. He goes, "I'll come over and do a," because he knows I'm not good with motors. He goes, "I'll come and get the engine running. You get the rest of the thing going." Mm-hmm. He goes, "Because videos where things have need to be repaired." Or the videos that oh, he, his his videos are insane. They ever, he puts a video out, he gets a hundred thousand views in the first hour. People love watching somebody take apart a motor and see what's wrong with it. And he doesn't always get the engine running. Sometimes it's like a complete failure, like it's got a cracked piston throw arm or something. But he always figures it out. In many cases, he gets it running. So that's the conversation I had with uh, Darren this week about how car videos, where the car is in need of major repair do really yeah. well. I mean, that's his thing. I, I, I hadn't heard of him until, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, so people recommended in the comments, but I've watched a few of his videos since then, and it's crazy. Like, it seems to me, I don't know anything about him, but it seems like he has just a deep knowledge of mechanics oh, yeah. in general. Like, not just how yeah. to work on a car or how to work on a motorcycle or a backhoe or whatever. It's just... 
he just kind of seems to get it so he can take whatever he finds and like dig it in, dig into it and find the problem deep in there somewhere and get it running. It's that's yeah. wild to me. He came to my he came to the July 4th thing last year and he brought a gooseneck trailer with like four crazy cool carts on it. If you look at my old vlog from this time last year, you'll see what what he brought. Cool stuff. Yeah. And then my two go-karts, which you'll see on my Instagram, my buddy Dejer is staying with me. He's an inventor from L.A. He's spending a couple days with me. He'll be at the go-kart event. And him and Patrick went over to the racetrack yesterday and got my two go-karts going in preparation because I'm too busy to do it. So they went over there and got two go-karts going. Awesome. And then if anybody brings anything else, there'll be more. Next year, don't do it on Fourth of July because it's my birthday, and like I, <laughs> I know that's I'm doing it because oh, of your yeah. birthday. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's why I do it on the fourth. <laughs> you and Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> happy birthday, cool. Bob. Bob, I want to bring up something that. Oh, thank you, uh, Bob. Bob, yeah, happy birthday, Bob. I know you're so modest, you won't bring this up, but Bob, could you explain this daytime Emmy thing? <laughs> oh, gosh, I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to bring it up, so I'm going to bring it up. Tell, I, Bob's, uh, you're nominated for daytime Emmy for the yeah. How does that happen? I didn't know YouTube could make that leap. Uh, This year, I guess it's a new thing. I don't know. I got an email from earlier this year from somebody. I don't even remember who it was from saying that YouTube uh, channels could now be in the running for daytime Emmys. So I was like, ah, I don't know what that seems silly, but sure. And so I just filled out the form and sent it in. Wow. And you you have to like That's you have to pick a certain uh you know like a couple of pieces of content to submit is what you're doing. It's not like just the channel in general. So picked a couple of things that we were proud of over the last year and and it was all stuff that has to be out in the last year. That's you know, it's a yearly competition. So uh Right. Wow, that's fantastic. When do you know? Uh I think the eighteenth of July is the when the ceremony that's when i'll be on vacation so i'm not going to be there but uh no red carpet no red carpet with you and the team everybody oh, dressed man. in white tuxes no. somebody asked me uh <clears throat> no you guys would all have an orange tux on for the, yeah. for the red carpet somebody sent me a message and said who will we be wearing at the at the ceremony because <laughs> that's where all my clothes come target. where target <laughs> um no it's it's the middle of july and i don't know i think it's like a virtual ceremony it's not you know, it's not the Emmys, the the nighttime or whatever. I don't know what the other Emmys is called. Uh, oh, he acts like he doesn't know. I don't. It's like the Emmys. I don't. Does it have a non-daytime <laughs> just, name? I don't know. Anyway, it's not that one, so it's not as fancy. But it's. I am really honored that we get chosen in this small group of people for this category, and it's <laughs> it's like two Netflix shows and two Ask This Old or two This Old House shows. This Old House and Ask This Old yeah. House. So. I, and I'm not being modest. I don't expect to win because this old house should win because they should. It's some good company they to be don't. in. Yeah, I'm just, I'm pretty honored to be in that group, the end, and they can end right there. And I'm, I'm perfectly you know, <laughs> happy with that. So. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. For sure. That's great. And we were joking around, like, we should make our, even if we don't win anything, which we probably won't, we should make our own out of, like, Legos or, <laughs> you know, make a video about making our own Emmy or something like that. A 3D print one. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that. We'll <laughs> move on from that. Uh, we got to go do the after show because you have to go finish your TV show. And we're at about that time. Yeah. So, once again, we did not get to the topic that I wrote down <laughs> What was, was it? Talk, talking about flow state. We didn't do it last week or this week, but I'm going to leave that post-it note right there on my desk. Right. So we can not talk about it next week, too. <laughs> um, big thanks to our Patreon supporters that help us out and make the show possible. We got a couple new ones this week, and uh, really glad to have them on board. We're grateful for them. Everybody over there at every level gets the after show, which is uh, more of us talking and Sometimes there's secret TV stuff or secret other stuff. And, um, yeah, everybody gets it. You mentioned this old house. I have a very, a very tiny little piece of news about this old house. For the after show? Yeah, very tiny. Not, not. I'm not going to be on the show. It's a different type of tiny. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's super vague. All right. Well, uh, everybody at Patreon can go find out what his tiny little bit of news is. Um but we're especially grateful for our top supporters. Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo, 
Chad from Mancrafting. You can make this too. Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, Rich at Lowen Designs, Corey from Make Shape Create, and Odin Leather Goods. A lot of those people on that list, I just realized, that we've met at least maybe all but two of those people at different events. And we were talking about Maker Fair earlier. I hadn't really considered the fact that that group of top supporters and a bunch of the other people on the list are people that we have met at those events. And without those events, those community Maker Fair, you know, workbench con type things, we don't get a chance to meet these people who support our show. A couple of those people have been to my house. Awesome. Spent the night at my house. That's cool. Well, they haven't been to my house, but either way. Well, when you get the Carmen Gia going, we'll have that party. <laughs> uh, that that thing is small enough. He might be able to take it on your go-kart track. That's true. Oh, yeah. And it'll sound just oh. like a go-kart. <laughs> what are you going to do on your birthday, Bob? Uh, nothing. Well, uh, I mean, oh. nothing's interesting. But... Trail that thing up. <laughs> yeah. That'd be funny. Anyway, big thanks to everybody at Patreon. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you what I might buy, too, in the after oh. show. Oh, your that car? Yeah, it's a nineteen fifty seven well, something or other. You guys say that, that, that. Yeah, for sure. All right, big thanks to everybody at Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash making it to help us out, uh, to be a supporter of the show, to get the after show. And uh, yeah, we'd appreciate it. I don't have anything to recommend this week because I honestly have not watched anything new. Well then I'll give all. you two. I'll give you two of them. Awesome. So Perfect. uh the honorary mention will be blondie hacks who you just mentioned as one of the top supporters i'm going to get a little metal mini lathe real soon so i've been watching a lot of videos trying to figure out what i need and and how these things work and um that's a brilliant channel to learn a bunch of stuff so that's my honorary mention and then it's what i was gonna say oh great (laughs) and then my pick is a book and it's called make brilliant work it's a brand new book. I just I listened to the audio version of it, and it was one of those books that, as soon as it was done, I just listened to it immediately again, and it's that that means that the book has had an impact, and I want to go and make sure I didn't miss anything, and it's just talking about um, creativity and how to get out of a rut, uh, how to think different. And it was just a really, really good book that had a, had a almost like an immediate impact on me. And now I'm reading this guy's other books. So it's called make brilliant work. Cool. Uh, I probably talked about these guys last year, Periscope films. They show old industrial films. You guys know Periscope films? I remember you mentioning it. Yeah, I just watched a couple more of them last night. It's just amazing. Just it, it's videos are from a time when they didn't care if people were watching or not. So <laughs> the videos are forty minutes long, and they could actually be eight. So you get to see the process. It's almost like when I was a kid. One of the things that fascinated me was watching the manufacturing process that you would often see on Sesame Street or any of these other shows, where you, you would see the manufacturing of cans, goods, or whatever, and. Periscope film videos, in many cases, are you know a lot of times it's U.S. military stuff, but just see the the immense complications of going from raw materials to uh, you know bullets or the video I watched last night was making mortar shells and what it takes to just take a raw piece of material and turn it into something different. So, it's crazy when people want to kill kill other people; they're really motivated. It's <laughs> Isn't that a shame? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, They're not I, making daisies. Actually, I thought of uh, some, a recommendation uh, all of a sudden. Um, I don't know if you guys know Tim Schmoyer. Um, mm-hmm. He has a channel, a YouTube channel called um, Video Creators. Mm-hmm. It's a company. Mm-hmm. And they do mm-hmm. coaching and business development and stuff for video creators. And uh, Tim's a really good guy. I've gotten to know him a little bit over the past few years. Um, and I have a lot of respect for him as a business person, but also as a father and as just a family guy and stuff. So he, have anyway, like he has 10 a new kids? podcast. He has seven kids, seven, kids, seven yeah. kids in seven years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he has a successful business. And uh, so I appreciate that. I also appreciate how he handles his family and that number of kids and the amount of things that he does. But he has a new podcast called Business Family Marriage. 
and he talks about the order of those being wrong, but it works better for the name. <laughs> but he he's only a couple episodes in. It's a really informal. He's like recording it on his phone um, and then just puts it right out. But it's him talking about the things that he has learned about how to manage a company of people and a family that is large and the mechanics of that and what the similarities and differences between running a family and running a a business are. And just a couple episodes in, it's very conversational. It's just him talking about the things that he's learned and stuff. But it's been it's been really interesting to hear how he correlates the the similarities between like making your employees uh, capable of doing their best job, but also doing the same for your kids and for your spouse. It's it's pretty cool. It's a nice crossover between things that are important. And I'm always trying to figure out how to juggle these two really important things. And he kind of makes the point that like you don't have to juggle them; they are one and the same. Like you can treat them in a very similar way. With some differences, obviously. But so if that's something that's interesting, you may want to go check that podcast out. Nice. So you can take one of your extra things I'll, back. I'll take it back. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. We're going to go and uh, do the after show really quickly because now Jimmy's running late. I just sent you guys the picture of the 1957. Oh, such my and goodness. Such. Oh, I can't see it. <laughs> that is so cool. I'm so I'm so jealous oh. of both of you guys for working on these cars and restoring them. Yeah, this is. I don't know if I'm going to get it. I think the deal fell apart. I got to push right. the guy today. But oh, one thing I wanted to mention. Yeah, whatever you do, I got. <laughs> I'm going to text him right after we get off. I said I've been so busy with the show. I've been. Fo- I, I it's it's a complicated shipping thing because it's big and it's kind of delicate because it's a perfectly good replica from a 1957. It absolutely doesn't need to be restored. It was taken out of service and stored for 50 years. I mean, it's incredible. And uh, so the guy who's selling it for the owner who passed away. <laughs> But wait, I want to say one thing. I'll tell, I'll tell that story in the F show. But uh, I got a message from a European number the other day that said, I'm coming to Maker Camp. I booked a room. And I was like, okay, cool. European is two Europeans I talk, three Europeans I talk to on a regular, but I don't know why this isn't in that other email that or message that I know because I haven't had a message with this conversation in a year. So all the messages get deleted a year later. And I said, awesome. This is great. Who this? <laughs> New phone, you know, joking around. And it's Laura Comp. So Laura's oh, coming to Maker Camp in October. She's, so Laura's coming to America and uh, she's booked a room at Maker Camp, but she'll probably end up staying here at the house. But I just want to let anybody know if you feel like coming to Maker Camp, big celebrities like Laura <laughs> Comp are going to be there. That's in October, the Columbus Day weekend in October. <laughs> it's ramping up to be a big, big weekend. So um, yeah, that's just a little, little tidbit of good news that you know things are getting back to normal because Laura couldn't leave Europe, obviously. That's it. After show, I'll tell you about this. Cool. Well, let's go do the after show, and you can tell, uh, finish your telling quick. your story. Yeah. All right. Thanks no. for listening, everybody. Love you. Catch you next time. Love you.